I went into this conversation with Shelly thinking somewhat logically that I would spend most of the time talking about uh, the fact that she's a medium, the fact that she has a gift and kind of intuition to, to hear from, from spirits um, and to kind of understand that at a deeper level. And, and to be fair, in many ways, we did do that. We talked about, you know, when she first identified this gift, what the experience was like for her, how her family reacted to it and how in many ways it kind of caused her to hide it away for almost 35 years and, and not be true to who she was and kind of started this whole snowball effect that made her very much a people pleaser and not her authentic self. And that's why the value that she brought to this of kind of nurturing and embracing your authentic self was so important. Um, so really, really interesting conversation there. But what we also spent a lot of time talking about was kind of more philosophical topics about about humans and and how we got to this point of not being as authentic as we should be, why we are so keen to kind of push people to conform to certain ways and maybe most interestingly towards the end of the conversation we got into this discussion around you know the the, the better approach to life if it's if it's kind of trusting your your gut going with your heart like your intuition your feelings or the way i typically approach it much more logically right if i can't explain it and understand it at a base level then it, it doesn't work for me it's not real and, and again shelly sees it kind of differently she's more of go with your heart go with your feelings and that's why I love doing this show, because that's such an important concept in our everyday life. Like that distinction of how you think, how you approach life, whether it's more logically or more with your gut feel, the implications of that are so huge. So being able to like debate, examine, discuss this with somebody that's super thoughtful and super interesting like Shelly, there's so much value in that. And to be clear, it doesn't mean that like I'm going to move away from being super logical. I, I don't think I will, and nor do I think Shelly would want that. But the opportunity to like really open your mind and entertain that different perspective that somebody might have, I think that can't help but be helpful. Um, I think that ability for me to consider that more, to, to try and balance it a little bit more with the, 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 the feelings and, and kind of going with your heart and what your heart's telling you along with that logic, I think that has to benefit in some ways. I think it has to allow me a broader perspective and a different way to look at things that increases the odds I can make some better decisions and hopefully get to some better outcomes. So for that reason, along with many other interesting things that Shelly and I discussed and interesting insights that she had, I really, really appreciated this conversation. I hope you guys do too. So let's get into it. All right, Shelly, thanks so much for being on the show. Excited to talk to you today. Uh, so let me get to it. What's the value that's most important to you? Well, for me is to nurture and embrace yourself so that you can speak your authentic truth. Mm, okay. That's a, that's a theme. Probably I would say, I think we're about 60 shows in that, that might be one of the strongest themes. I think people have, I've, I've started to hear throughout, not everybody, obviously, but the idea of doing that, I guess, firstly, let me ask you to define it a little bit for you. And, and maybe I'll, I'll go right to in your life. Like what, how do you know when you're living that way? What, what does it look like for you? What does it feel like to make it real? Maybe for people listening. Uh, for me, when I'm living that way, it feels good. It feels good in my body. It feels good in my soul. Um, I can say no to people without feeling guilty. Um, I used to be a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So I would say yes to everything just to be accepted, not to rock the boat, not to upset anybody. And it wasn't until I overheard my cousin have a conversation uh, when she said, oh, it doesn't matter because Shelly says yes to everything. And once she made that comment, I thought, you know what? 
I, I need to make some changes because what she was doing, she wasn't valuing my time. So she was like wasting my time a lot. Mm. And to her, you know, whatever I felt didn't matter because I was always that yes person. Mm. So interesting. And yeah, I, I can relate. I, I often say, I'm, I, I'd like to think I'm a recovering people pleaser, but um, <laughs> definitely in that boat. How have you handled that, Shelly, just to go down this thread for a little bit? One of the things I struggle with with that and trying to be authentic and trying to embrace that coming from a people pleaser place is that um, I always worry I might go too far and I become like a jerk or I become, you know, somebody that people don't want to be around or isn't reliable because I can almost use that authenticity as like a weapon to say, oh, I'm just mm -hmm. going to do me and get what I want and be selfish in this. And I can use that as my shield or, or whatever you want to call it. How do you think about that? Does that does that play in at all? Well, you know what, the way that I see it is you are going to upset some people because especially when they're used to you saying yes all the time, as soon as you say no, it's like it's personal and it's like, how dare you say no? So you got to know that you will lose some people and it's okay because they weren't really that ride or die person for you anyway. They didn't have your back. It was all about them and what they needed. So really they were the user mm. and now that you've wised up and you're protecting yourself, your boundaries, your own mental health. Um, I said, it's okay. As long as you're nice about it and you're firm and you're not being a jerk about it, then you can definitely step up for yourself and, and say no. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, I, I come from usually like a cynical, skeptical place of, of my own mind. And that's why I worry because I feel like sometimes, and that's why I like your value so much because I think it is so important. Um, but I think at the same time, the reason it's so important is because it's so hard, right? It's so hard for people to get there. And to what you were just saying, I, I always worry that like, well, maybe my mind's just telling, maybe my mind's telling me it's that person's problem, right? Like they're not, they're not right or die, like you said, right? They're not, they're not ready to be in this relationship with me or whatever it is. And maybe I'm just telling myself that rather than face my own issues or figure out if I'm doing it the right way, right? Maybe I tell myself I'm being nice in how I approach it, but I'm not. So I'm always worried about that piece of it. Um, would you say you're somebody who's more like, um, it's more of a feeling, right? Like I'm very logical. So I try, as you could probably tell already from this conversation for you, do you just kind of know when like, no, 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 I know I'm acting right here. I know I'm doing it the right way. Yeah. For me, it's all about being intuitive. So we all, when we all grow up, we are all intuitive as little kids. And then over time we're taught not to be intuitive. So my senses got really heightened as a little kid. It was more like a safety mechanism because I was so sensitive to energies and so sensitive to other people's moods in the room that when the adults would argue, it would really bother me. Mm. So I would feel like, well, what did they really mean when they said that? And then I would like, if my grandmother and her sister were fighting, then I would go to my grandmother and say, she really meant this. And my grandmother would say, but she said that. I'm like, no, but this is what she really meant. And when they would get together and talk, then there was peace. And so I became this medium mediator as a kid. So I learned how to feel my way through mm. in order to make uh, situations comfortable. Mm. Why do you think that was? Do you think that was just natural in you? That was just a natural gift or aspect of your personality that you had? I think it was... I think it was natural that I was sensitive. I think the gift really developed just by my environment. Like I come from a loud family and with a lot of commotion. So we're talking about people that would play cards and gamble and slam dominoes on the table. And they were just like super loud. And so sometimes that would just really upset uh, just my being because it was just so noisy. So I'm a person that likes 
quiet and peace. I don't like to be in a relationship where there's a lot of arguing or debating back and forth. It's like, okay, like, like it's done. You're like, let's get over it. But, um, but some people really thrive off of that and I don't. And because I don't thrive off of that, I've learned how to feel my way through mm. and um, in order to diffuse situations. Mm. And has that ever hurt you? Has that ever, in terms of feeling your way through where either the feeling was wrong or you misread it in some way? Because um, to your point before about we all kind of start intuitive and then we, we're taught otherwise, um, is that because it, it, we get it wrong and it burns us? Or do you think it's literally taught out of us where people like move us away from it? It's actually taught out of us. Um, because what, it, what happens is when you're a little kid, you're taught to trust the adults and you're taught to trust your teachers. But if you ever been around a little kid, they're really honest. And the reason why they're honest is because they trust their intuition. And so as we become older, we are taught what's proper to say in society. So there's certain things that you don't say, but a little kid hasn't been taught that way. So if somebody feels really creepy, they will blurt it out. I don't like that person. They don't feel good. They feel creepy. But you and I, we wouldn't say that. We would find a polite way. But the little kid is really honest because that's their personal GPS and that's all all they really have and so whenever kids speak and if they don't feel right around someone I listen to it because I know that they're truly with their intuition and they're not in their head of how they've been programmed by society of what to say of what's proper mm. yeah it's interesting I think I think and in some ways I think people often think of that um like a, 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 a reaction to that might be, well, kids that we have to teach kids how to think because kids don't know how to think, right? There's too much danger out there. They don't understand the world. And I think there's almost like, there's two different things at play there. There's certainly like knowledge and wisdom we want to teach kids. And there are certain social conventions or whatever, which it probably does make sense to at least make them aware of. But I think, and I've probably done this for a long time. I think a lot of people aren't, they are connecting that to what you're saying, which is a much more visceral thing. It's a much more of a gut feel, just, you know, the sense I get, the feeling I get. Um, and that I think is something that we should maintain, right? That isn't something where a kid needs to be taught. If, if anything, it's like you said, it's more the reverse. We need to figure out how to get back closer to it. So I, I think that makes sense. That, that resonates okay. for sure. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then think about it too. How much time would you have saved in relationships with the wrong person if you would have followed your gut? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if for me, I find it's, I've said this before, like I mean, maybe it's because I've already been taught too much out of it, right? And I moved away from it. But that gut feel is always tricky for me because I feel like there's sometimes two gut feels. And it's only once you kind of can realize that right one and you've like felt it and you've seen it, then like, oh, okay, now I know it. But before you get there, before you have that clarity on yourself and kind of know yourself that well, I feel like that's a really tricky step because I, you know, take any example, you're thinking about quitting your job and you're like, part of me feels like I definitely should quit. I should go do this thing, take this chance. But there's another party that thinks about your family or, or what your parents might say or other things. And both of those can feel real. That can feel like they're both your gut feel. How do you, right. do you run into that still? Or do you feel like you have such a sense of it now that you can tell the difference? Yeah. Well, I love that you asked this because through my gut feel, I actually understand what my purpose is. And so my purpose is to help you answer your soul's call so that you can do what you were born to do. But that's a really big step. So before I can actually help you with that, it's all about 
you know, nurturing and embracing your authentic self so that you can speak your truth. Mm-hmm. And so it's about being your true self. It's about speaking your truth. And when you get that gut feeling and your soul is nudging you towards something, it's because it's what's meant for you on your divine path. But sometimes because we're taught to play it safe in society, your mind will talk you out of something which will lead you down a road of unhappiness and you don't feel fulfilled. Mm. Mm. Can I ask a philosophical question for a second? Just to zoom sure. out. I do want to get into the work you do and how you kind of approach it and, and how you think about it. But why do you think we, so now I'm speaking like very broadly, generationally humans over history. Why did we get here? Do you think? Because I, I often have this conversation this debate in my head where it's like, in some ways we're trying to get back to a natural state. Well, why did we ever deviate from that natural state? Like, it's not like, as far as we know, aliens came down or anything intervened to say, all right, humans, you're going well, and then you get off. Maybe maybe there's a religious spiritual aspect, but what's your thought? Like, what's your hypothesis is why we need to get back to it and we just didn't stay there? Well, the thing is, I think a lot of it is chakra related. So if you know anything about the chakras, you got your base chakra, which is about fight or flight, Mm. safety, gathering, Uh, protection, security. And so there's safety in numbers. So naturally we're taught to be together as far as safety in numbers. And if you deviate, if one gets away from the pack, then that's danger. Well, although it's not physically dangerous for you to think differently, but that chakra still controls you and it controls your, your family. And it says, no, you must be a part of us we as a family say, you need to work this nine to five to be strict, to, to mm-hmm. be okay. You can't go off and just create music because that's not safe. That's not predictable. So we're still being led by that. And along with our own mindset of telling us that anytime we do something different, it's dangerous. Anything that's new, any change is fear and danger until you can prove otherwise. See, that's, so that's where it gets interesting for me because I, I don't, disagree with anything you said right definitely makes sense and it could be the case but that's all a natural process right like that that sensation of we, well we should be part of the pack because it keeps us safe in some ways that feels natural so it's almost like because i still think you're right though finding our authentic selves and being able to do that and, and you know figure out who we are it does seem like the right path but it almost seems unnatural to me right because everything you just explained and described is something that from a, from a nature perspective, it was embedded in us to do. So do, do you see that disconnect? Like, why do you think there is that disconnect of what we were, what it, quote unquote, programmed to do or, or, or designed to do is out of alignment with what we should do now? Well, I think we have that disconnect because of society and, and the way that we're, we're taught that we need to, we kind of move from the land of getting things naturally to now we work for corporations and we go to school. And so because we have to live by the society rules, we're taught away. So if you think about it as a little kid, in school, I thought it was torturous to sit there for like six plus hours. I thought this doesn't make sense. Why are we sitting here this long? And it's to program us from little ones to be able to sit on a job for eight hours. So it's why all though, about just the to program. try to interrupt, but but to bring it back, why did we do like I think the example, I think the answer is back to what you said before. We we almost took something which was being part of a pack, conforming, fitting in is good. And is mm-hmm. it that we just, we optimized for it too much and we, and we said, all right, we're going to do that to such an extreme that it hurts us. 
or do you think there's more malicious intent at play? Do you think it's more deliberate in that trying to harm us in some way? Or did we just, we got too smart for our own good and we, and we created the system that actually doesn't make sense? I think we got too smart for our own good. I do. Now, I think that there could be a little control uh, issues within, you know, certain corporations need for kids to behave a certain way. So we have to make sure that we have workers. And so we need to set up a system that creates workers and for people to be told what to do and fall in alignment with that and not be their own thinkers. Because if you're your own thinker, then I don't have enough factory workers in order to do the work that I need to be done because you're off doing your own thing. So I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I think that's, I think there's truth to that. And maybe one, maybe it started by us being too smart for our own good, but then the situation that was created is obviously flawed because of that. And then people saw an opportunity to exploit that and say, Ooh, I could take advantage of this now. So that, that, that makes sense. So let's bring it back to your work, Shelly. Um, I guess, how did you get into doing what you do? And I, and I mean that both literally and also like philosophically, like why, 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 how do you know that's your purpose? Why do you feel like so drawn and, and called to this? Well, you know what, because I kept asking the question over and over, why am I here? It's got to be more to life. Um, Because although I do my work that I love, I also have a traditional corporate job. Mm -hmm. And so I'm actually balancing both until I can get my business up and running enough to where I no longer need the corporate job. So if you think about the programming, and I can take you back to when I was young, because what my dad said to me, successful people work in corporate, you want to make sure you have a corporate job. So that really stuck with me. And I know that he said it because he didn't want me to do any type of manual labor because he was more of a manual labor person. And he wanted better for me where he wanted me to sit in the office. Now, Terry, I got to tell you, like, I I love my dad and and the fact that he gave me that information, but it's been a little hard to break that cycle Mm -hmm. because how do you make the jump from you know, corporate to entrepreneur, because that conversation didn't happen. So now it's like, I got to deprogram my mind to say, it's okay to let go of the corporate job. And here's how we can do it in order to step into, you know, my business full time. So that's that whole planting season when we give information to people and keeping us in the pack and keeping us safe. The rule is, is that we have to work corporate and corporate means success. Mm. It doesn't mean you go off by yourself and be an entrepreneur. Mm. Mm. And so that's where, that's where we tend to struggle. And that's what I mean by the mindset and the chakras and how they either they can work for you or they can work against you. And when they work against you, you find yourself Uh, in a place where you're stuck and you're struggling. But when they start to work for you, then that means now you got to break that cycle of what everyone expects of you. And then now you got to stand off and do your own thing by yourself, you know, while it stresses your family out because you're no longer part of the pack. Mm. Yeah, so much in that, Shelly, too, that I think is interesting because I think even it's, it's such a good example with your dad in that because I think that's so relatable for people where, I, I, you know, obviously I don't know your dad. I don't know the situation, but it's a very likely scenario, as you said, where he was doing that with all the best intentions of the world and wanted it to help you and benefit you. And I think it speaks to the importance of authenticity and kind of knowing yourself and clarity, because to me, that's what underpins so much of this, you know, your ability to recognize that you were told that, but it actually wasn't for you and to have that clarity, which is so hard when that pressure is there. But even if you take it back to him, I mean, maybe again, no knock on him in any way. I think I, we all struggle with this. 
had he had the clarity to recognize maybe that was what he wanted, but it wasn't for everybody or whatever the issue was that kept, you know, whatever it was that was underpinning that you, you avoid all of that. You can, that clarity becomes so much quicker. Um, but again, very, very difficult to, to do. And, and once the programming is there and once the cycle's there. Um, so how, why do you think when it came to you, you had that realization. You were able to recognize this isn't for me. This is just programming and I need to figure out another way. Whereas for so many other people, that's just the next 85 years of their life is like, that's it. I just, I guess I do this now. Right. So for me, something didn't feel right. Something felt like it was missing. I I just felt off alignment. I felt off balance and I couldn't ignore it anymore. Mm -hmm. So to really go back to my story, I would have to take you to when I was young. So part of that intuition that I had was as a little kid, I also had the additional ability of being able to see loved ones that had crossed over to the other side. Mm -hmm. But when I saw this, I didn't realize that they were on the other side. So I grew up in a Baptist family um, where my grandfather was afraid of anything that he couldn't see. So he went to my parents and said, if she doesn't stop talking to ghosts, I can't visit you guys anymore. And you were so, literally just to, you were literally seeing spirits, ghosts. I, what, what, what exactly were you seeing? Yeah. So when I was a little girl, I was able to see. So just like you're solid in color for me, that's how they appeared for me. Mm. And so it wasn't odd for an adult sit next to me and have a conversation while I play with my toys. It was like, no big deal. And that's what I thought what was happening. But when I was talking, the person who I saw, my family members didn't see that same person. And so that kind of set off some bells there. And so it's like, we got to stop this and we got to stop it now. So I guess you could say that would be the original wound of me not being my true self or being authentic because they took that part of me that was natural and they shut it off for me. So there's so much to that too. I mean, at that moment, obviously everybody has different beliefs and I'm of the belief, I don't know. I don't know anything for certain, but I can imagine some people, whether it be your family directly, others, you know, friends, doctors, whatever saying like, oh, there's a problem here. There's a mental issue. You know, she, she needs an MRI, she needs whatever. Was that the starting point or was your family as such or the kind of the beliefs you guys had where it was like, no, 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 I believe she's seeing what she says she's seeing. I just don't want her seeing those things. Well, fortunately for me, my grandmother knew that I was actually seeing what I was seeing. And so she protected me. But because my grandfather was afraid of it, we just had to shut it down completely because the one thing that they didn't want to do is they did not want to Uh, bring attention to me so we got to think about this is the early 70s Mm. so my grandmother said whatever you do do not tell your teacher about this it's like we have to keep this quiet how does that feel for you uh, at that time when you're you're dealing with that trying to figure out like i have this strange gift but i got to keep it quiet it seems like it's a bad thing how did that all play out for you yeah so for me it was it was very confusing because i thought i did something wrong i didn't understand what was happening and i knew that the adults were starting to treat me differently mm-hmm. and so in order for me to fit in i had to start acting like my cousins so whatever they did i did so that's when i started losing part of myself because i had to pretend to be someone else so that they wouldn't look at me any different. And that was when I had to start fitting in. Mm. So that's when my my people pleaser started was at four, being able to fit in started at four, not being my true self, that it all started at that age. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's almost as if, and I say this with 
with all due like consideration and sensitivity to it, but there's almost a benefit in a weird twisted way of having that extreme of a situation where you don't fit in because it forces you, as you say, at such a young age to grapple with that idea of not fitting in and questioning what does fitting in really mean? Because mm -hmm. people where it's more natural to kind of play up to the traditions or norms of society, that question of fitting in and, and should I be myself and who is myself, it's, it's, it's something that's not as natural to them to ask. They, it's so much easier for them to go along with the flow. But for you, you were kind of forced into it at a young age to say, what is that? What does that mean? Because I find myself, I have an eight-year-old son. I find myself saying that to him all the time. And I think I'm really saying it to myself still, but you know, whatever it might be, there'll be little things where he'll say like, I, I don't know if this is okay. If other kids will like it or they'll think it's weird. And I tell them all the time, like, Hey, everybody's weird, right? If that word weird, everybody has their own things. Everybody likes different stuff. Everybody has their own unique gifts, everything. It's just, most people aren't comfortable sharing it. They're not comfortable being who they are. And that's such a hard thing to realize, but it sounds like in a weird way, you had the gift of realizing that at a, at a young age. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing is, there's something about once once you get into your 40s, it's like that now that half my life is over, mm -hmm. like, okay, now what is this? What am I doing? I've lived the first 40 years of pleasing people. Now, who am I? What do I want to do? What am I here to do? And so I started asking those questions. And so that part of me that shut down was starting to, to awaken again. And it's like, okay, so this is the part of you that needs to come out that you need to share it with people because there's other people experiencing this too, mm. but they just don't have words for it. And there's also kids that are experiencing this that may be afraid of it. But if you don't speak up, then how are, are they to get help? Mm. And so that's when that, that journey started. Mm. Was there a point in the beginning throughout still where you ever questioned it still yourself and said like, maybe, maybe I am crazy. Maybe there is like the idea of leaning into it fully, especially given the life you lived as a people pleaser can be horrifying in so many right. ways. And that's just one yeah. dimension of it. What are people going to say? How much have you grappled with that? Or are you like, no, no, no. I, at this point, I know exactly what I am and I believe it. And that's, that's it. That's what it is. Well, you know what the, the proof that I get is when I work with clients and, you know, like if I have a mom comes to me and she lost a child and if, if I'm able to connect with that child and give her proof that that child's consciousness still lives and I'm able to share things with her that I don't know or have no way of knowing. And it, it gives her peace to continue on because sometimes when we lose a loved one, when they pass over on the other side, sometimes we stop too. And when we stop, it's like we stop living life. And then the loved one from the other one on the other side says, no, you're not done yet. You need to continue on. You know, my time is done, but we need for you to keep moving on. And so I find that the mediumship readings that I do, it brings a lot of that healing. Um, oftentimes it, it may be that a person is having a tough time making a decision, or maybe they're being too hard on themselves, or maybe they don't have the confidence. And I might have a dad come in and say, look, I got you from this side. We're helping you to manifest what, what it is that you want to manifest. You just have to believe in yourself. And sometimes they just need to hear that in order to keep moving so that they continue living instead of stop living. Mm. Yeah. I wonder for, 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 well, I guess ask the question directly for you. Do you think it matters if it's real or not? And, and I ask that with all due respect, right? In, in the spirit of none of us know for sure what it is. Cause I think there's some people who might, who still might react to what you do and, and think of it in, in a negative, or there's something it, again, like your grandfather, I can't understand it. I'm scared of it. I don't like it. And there's some part that says, 
who cares, right? If it's helping people, who cares? Um, but does that matter to you? To you, do you feel like you know for sure it's it's real and it's helping? So that's all the way you think about it. If you were to realize, I, I didn't see this as what I thought it was, it was something else, would it matter? Well, you know what? What I see is that, you know, for me, it is real because I'm able to share things with people that I have no way of knowing like no way of knowing. And then they're like, well, how did you know that? I'm like, well, it was just some information that was given to me. It's like, I never met this person before, Mm -hmm. but you know, their loved one will share something with me that only they knew together. And And so that's still at this point a a visual thing, or is it now more just like, is it, because I've spoken to some other folks who said it's more just like ideas will come into their head and it feels like that's where it's coming from. So, so it works in different ways. So sometimes I might get a feeling within my body or I might get, or I might hear some words. They may show me an image. So I may see a flash of a picture. So it's all of these different pieces that I pull together and I try to make sense of it. And then I give it to the, to my client to say, you know, does this make sense of why I would be seeing this or hearing this or getting this? So they're using all of my senses in order to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And is it, is there a control aspect to it? Like, is it all the time or is it something where, um, cause I've heard other folks say it's, it's something that you have to hone. You kind of have to build the skill and the muscle around it and how to, how to use it and how to get a clear picture of what you're trying to get. Is that, is that your experience as well? Right. Yeah. So there is something that you definitely want to, so you have to think about it. So it was natural for me when I was four. And then when it came back at 40, it was no longer natural because I was so submerged and, you know, the everyday grind that I had to take classes and workshops and understand what is it that I'm getting? What are they trying to say? So um, I do have healthy boundaries because I do have life and I'm a human and I got to go grocery shopping Uh and I got to pay the bills. So I can't keep it on 24 seven because I need to spend time with family and friends. So like when it's time to turn it on, I turn it on. And when it's done, you know, Mm -hmm. I I turn it off so that I can have balance. You do have that ability. And what's your, what's your, I guess why is the question. Why do you think you've gotten this gift? If you zoom way out, Right. Was it intentional? Was it deliberate by God or by some by the universe in some way? Was it random? What, what, how do you how do you make sense of it all? Well, you know what? The way that I think about it and the information that I got is that we're spirit first and that we're having a human experience. And so on the other side of spirit is we all got together and said, OK, this is how I want to plan it out. These are the experiences that I want to have when I get stuck you know, hey, Terry, I want you to come and talk to me and and spark a memory and say something that's going to help me on my path in case I get off track. So I feel like we kind of preset things up. And then because we have free will, it's like either we follow the breadcrumbs or we don't. And so I was just fortunate enough to keep following and I kept asking questions and I kept finding myself um, to the point where okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm really grateful for my family for being so close-minded because if I can take this from my family, then it doesn't matter what outside people think because Mm. they can't do anything more than what happened with my own family. Mm. If you keep following that thread, why is, is there an ultimate aim or mission to all of this, right? As you said, the spirits getting together, kind of figuring that, that out, that this is how we're gonna play it that implies it's, it's working towards something. Do, mm-hmm. do you have a view of what that is? Is it something that you think we can ever understand? How do, how do you think of that? Like that next level, you know, why, why do that? 
Well, I think the next level is, I think the, the mediumship is like a vehicle, but I don't think it's the, the whole picture. I think the bigger picture is reminding people that they have the intuitive uh, within them, that they can get their own information, that they don't need to go outside of themselves and that they can follow their own guidance to see what their soul was calling them to do. So I think we all have puzzle pieces for the divine plan and we all lay down our puzzle pieces, but because we get caught up in our job and we get caught up in the family and, and what's going on, I feel like there's a lot of red tape that goes around us and we get off track. Mm. And so I think conversations like these laid seeds down for people who are maybe starting to get that spark within and they're not quite sure what to do with it. It's like, oh, this is what this is. This mm. is why I've been feeling this. Now let me go explore and figure out what my puzzle piece is so I can fulfill my part mm. of the divine plan. How do you think about, because I, I wonder this often, like, so in that explanation, it's almost as if it's, it's the, the plan is in place in some ways, as you said, for us all to, to figure out those puzzle pieces, figure out who we are, um, really be more in touch with our souls in their true form, right? In, in whatever that should be. Um, if, if, that's the, if that's the goal, right? If that's what we're moving towards, why didn't, whatever it is, whatever the power that is behind the universe, God, divine power, why didn't they just create it that way to begin with, right? Why, why the idea of free will being mixed in? If, if, if there is something that has control over this and has power, and that's where they wanted us to get to, was it more an exercise just to see if we could get there? Um, was it just to see how it would play? Is it more of an experiment? Do you think like, how, how do you, how do you explain that piece of it? If we're moving towards something, why didn't they mm -hmm. just let us be there in the beginning? Well, I mean, if you think about it, whenever you play a game, if you, if you don't go through the struggle of figuring it out and then to get that true victory, I mean, is it any fun if you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm to the end. It's, it's no big deal. I didn't have to struggle. I didn't have to figure it out. I didn't have to build my muscles. I didn't have to come up with a different strategy. It's, it's when you're able to actually experience that adversity and find your own way. That's when it really feels fulfilling. But if it's something super easy, then you don't have any value in it. So that, so that implies, we're getting a little philosophical here, but that's all right. Hopefully for you, I hope you don't mind, but that implies that what, and I'm going to use the phrase, I'm going to use God, you know, and I know that means a lot of different things, different people, but let's just use that. So God cares about us having that experience for some reason, us, exactly what you just said on a human level, experiencing adversity so that the, the, the victory, the reward, the achievement at the end feels better. That implies that God's design is such that he, he wants that to happen or he or she or it, whatever it is, wants that to happen very deliberately. Why do you think that is like, why is it, is it just for our own good? Just because it, it, it feels nice for us in the moment. Is it more functional that it leads to something else? Like we're being prepared for something else, not to sound too abstract. Um, because again, you can make the argument that if God has all the power in the world, why not just give us that feeling we get just snap, you know, make us feel that if that's what we're working towards anyway. So you're a parent, right? Yep. So yep. you have a son. So the thing about you raising your son is you want to, you want to give your son all of the, all, all that you can give him, but you also want him to make his choices. Mm. You want to make his, his steps, even if he's going in the wrong direction, you want to stop him, but you figure the only way that he's going to learn is to take some wrong steps, hope that he corrects himself and gets back onto the right path. That's the way that you prepare him for adulthood 
if you give him everything, if you line up everything, if he learns nothing, mm. then, you know, what can he do as an adult? He won't be able to survive. He won't be able to provide for himself because you did it all. So at some point you got to love him enough to let him go. And, and so that he can come back. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it brings up two thoughts to me. I'm going to go over the first one first, which maybe we'll just hit quickly because it, 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 it leads philosophically. It leads to that question though, of it's, and it's a good question. I don't know the answer. If, as a parent, if I was all powerful and mm-hmm. I had control and I could have it play out a certain way, right. what would I do it? Cause it, it's where, where the analogy as you're making, which I think is a good one, perhaps falls down for some people is, but in my case with my son, I don't have I'm not all powerful. I don't have the power mm-hmm. to actually dictate what happens. So I have to hedge. I have to let him work through it because that's, that's the best way. That gives me the best odds. If I were all powerful, like a God, you can make an argument that, well, then you don't need to worry about the odds. You could just make it such, but again, we'll probably go too far philosophically there. Um, mm-hmm. But I think interestingly, back to where you started though, that point about um, letting your kid figure things out kind of gets back to where we were before that idea of really you want kids to figure out who they are who actually right. are you how should you live in this world what is the right experience for you and you have to figure only you can figure that out for yourself and that's really what we're trying to get to that adversity that falling down etc that's really towards that end so it does kind of loop back to where you started that authenticity in the beginning Right. And and if you think about it, too, because if you were all knowing all all powerful where you can give him exactly what he wants, what happens when you're no longer on the planet? Like, like, what does he do? Like, how does he fend for himself? How does he react in a brand new environment? It's like you need certain skills in order to. Okay, let's let's take the pandemic, for example. Okay, so 2020, pretty much the world shut down. With that, my corporate job of 16 years, it went away. Mm. So in that moment, I had to scramble. Now, I'm going to have to give you some information. About five months before, I intuitively got information, like a download of your job is going away. Mm. I didn't know when. I didn't get the date, but I knew it was going to happen. And so that gave me the opportunity to really start embracing my work a lot more and it helped me to start teaching classes. Now, if I didn't have anything within me, if I was like really dormant and and I needed, was like a baby bird and needed someone to tell me what to do, I would have been in a lot of trouble because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to reposition myself to say, you know what, I'm going to teach classes, I'm going to lead workshops, mm-hmm. I'm going to get online, and this is how I'm going to bring in money because we're talking about going from a full-time salary mm-hmm. down to zero. Mm-hmm. But you know, you you need to have that the wit about you in order to be quick on your feet. And if things are given to you, then you don't you don't have that within you to be quick on your feet. And then there's some people that just say it's too much and they give up. So it's like the the strong survive. And the only way you become strong is by having that adversity. Mm. Yeah, I like that too, because it take zooming out again for a second to the God analogy. It's it's important to point out because I think I've looked at things too black and white, too binary, too kind of confident in it throughout my history of like 
it's possible God is in some form that where it is more like a parent where God won't be here forever and, and is trying to prepare us for something. I, I, at least, I think a lot of people do always have this very clear, concrete, assumed view of God. It's all powerful. It's all knowing. And that that's what leads to the questions of like, well, why, why would God let this happen? Why would God even put evil in the world? And maybe it's, maybe God's not as powerful as we think, or maybe it's more finite than we think, or maybe who knows, right? We have no idea what it is. So I think that analogy helps with that too, because um, you know, from a big picture perspective, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying and I agree. And I think the example of you figuring things out for yourself is, is a good one um, of kind of playing out how difficult that can be and how scary it can be. And it's, to me, it, it, it almost is mathematical in a sense of that the reward must be worth it for you, right? At some point it became apparent to you, sounds like around 40, where it's like, if I don't do this, I would regret it too much. In the spirit of that, like, what would it look like to achieve it to where you'd feel like, ah, yes, I did it. I lived up to what I wanted to live up to. Well, it would look like me looking towards the, being towards the end of my life and looking back, like, did I follow my calling? Like, was I brave enough to stand up? You know, did I stand outside of the pack and did I show up for people um, even though my family didn't believe in it? And so I, I run that litmus test for myself all the time because I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, what if I had the courage just to stand up? Or what if I would have had the courage just to say, I don't want to do that. This is what my heart is really calling me to do. Mm. And, and I don't want to get to the other side and go through the life review and say, well, you had these opportunities and you didn't take them. And I don't wanna live a life where I live for other people. I wanna do it that I live for my, my own authentic truth. And so for me, it would really look like, you know, having the conversations like we're having today, um, laying seeds down for people so that, you know, there may be people that I never meet, but just them hearing this conversation might spark something within them to figure out their own path and it might change their whole trajectory. So instead of them, being a people pleaser, they may say, you know what? I've been feeling this call. I've been mm. feeling this need. I'm going to do it now. Mm. And so that's what it looks like to me. Is there any part of you that worries that just let's use the family as the example, just to ask the very direct question that that's going to be the regret that you're going to realize at some point, shoot, like the family was what it was about like that. Cause that's the sacrifice in some ways, right? The to the extent you're comfortable talking about it, whatever, the family that doesn't believe you're saying in spite of that, I'm, I'm overcoming that and I'm being true to myself because that's what it is. That's what I'm aiming towards. Does any part of you fear that it should be aimed more towards the family? That's actually what life is about. Well, the thing is, is that the recent thing that I got was balance. So I do have balance. So what we do is when I went family, we don't talk about it. It's just about family. It's about us hanging out. It's about us having fun. I have a good group of girlfriends that I can talk to the spiritual stuff about, or I can talk to my mentor about. So we we, we keep it separate so that, um, that we can actually stay together. Now, the part where it hinders is in relationships because mm. not everyone is open to it. So I find that it's harder dating being a medium, you know, than it is being with my family. Because when I was in a relationship and I revealed it, I had a guy say, wow, I wish you didn't tell me that. Huh. So, you so did know, that so make that, you question it all? Did that, that make you think like, shoot, maybe my priorities are off in this? Well, you know what? The thing is, if this is who I am and that's a part of me, and if he can't accept that, then that's not me being my true self. And that lets me know, well, he's not the right person for me because if he wants me, 
but minus that piece, then he really doesn't want all of me. Does that make sense? It does. It makes perfect sense. It gets back to that question a little bit before though, of like that judgment call of this is the real me. And he, he, in this case is out of alignment with it. So that's the problem being able to be clear in that versus actually he might be the right thing. And the other things out of alignment, I think, I guess I'll just speak for myself again. That's where I still struggle. And I, you know what, if I'm being totally honest, and I would imagine you would agree with this. I think in some ways I probably have a much clearer picture of it than I think. It's just, there's, mm -hmm. there's those old habits. There's that old programming that still makes you feel like, no, 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 maybe that's the real you, but deep down somewhere, I kind of have a sense of it, but I still struggle with that at times to delineate, yeah. right. To tell, is this me acting as my best self and most authentic to who I am, or is this me using that as a shield or a cover up to do something that's just self-serving or selfish in some way, you know? So if you really want to get down to the truth of that, so you would actually take that question out of your mind and just go more to your heart and feel into it, like what feels right, because that's, that's where the true answer is. Your head is always going to mislead you, but your heart is going to lead you in the right direction. And so if you start to feel into it, you'll know what the answer is, because if something feels off, it doesn't feel right, you don't feel good, then you know that's not right for you. Yep. Yeah, or I if think. it feels like that maybe you were too harsh, then you, you'll be able to tell from that. Yeah, it's so tough for someone like me. And that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation, because not only do I want people to hear about the services you do and about you, but I think to your point before, there's so many people that just in different ways aren't open minded to different things, don't want to think about different things. Having an honest conversation like this, where I could say, like, hey, here's where it's tough for me to get to. Maybe it'll help some other people that are struggling in that way, you know, resonate with them to some extent or at least be more open to it. Um, but back, back to what you're saying about that feeling, it's so tough for someone like me because I'm traditionally so logical. Like I want to understand it at a first principles level. If I can't understand it and put my hands around it, then it's not real to me. And that's a tough, a tough thing. If the world truly is such as you say, which I have no reason to believe it's not where you do have to lean into those feelings. That's tough for a person like me, really tough. So then let me ask you this question because you said that you can't put your hands around it. And if you can't feel it, then you would say it's not real. Is, is that what you're pretty much saying? Yeah, almost if I can't explain it, then it's not real. So then, you know, you got to think about love because love is not tangible, right? You have love for a partner, you have love for a parent, you have love for a child. It's like, how, how can you really explain that? It's, mm. it's a feeling. So if you allow yourself to have that feeling, then you're open enough to feel for your own intuition and open the door for other feelings. It's just that you put a wall up. So at some point you stop trusting people and you threw your wall up as a form of protection. And then your mind is telling you the story of we're logical. We, and so that's why, and, and it's about you on purpose, letting that wall down, letting your guard down. Yeah. You know, when my mind goes often and, and it's an example, I say it as much to illustrate the issue of being too logical and overthinking probably more than anything else. But I often go to the extreme example of someone like like a Hitler, who my fear is in, in someone like that's case, they didn't question themselves enough. They didn't think enough. They didn't apply enough logic. They had some, in his case, obviously horrifying, twisted, sadistic feeling that, you know, I should kill a bunch of people and I should do all this stuff. And he just went ahead and did it. Right. And I think there's a lot of danger and risk in people that don't question it off, that they just kind of go with something, but it probably, I, mean, I don't know, I'll let you answer to it, but it probably goes back to that. Feel. I think what you would say is for those people, 
when they're doing that wrong thing, that bad thing that's hurting others, there's something in them that they know that's wrong and they're overlooking that, right? That still comes back right. to the feeling. Is that, is that fair? Right, right. Like, like, you know, when something's off or you know when you're hurting someone, but then you got to think too, you go to the point of, well, it becomes more about you and it's less about other people. And so like, you're not caring about what people think or what they feel. It's more about getting your point across. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the danger part in it is that we are so separate. Although we're not really separate, we pretend like we're separate because we don't allow ourselves to feel or to have empathy. Like we'll put our wall up or we'll go really logical. And as long as we're logical, then we don't have to care about other people. But once we let that guard down and we'll become more intuitive, you can feel what the other person is feeling. Like you, I like you can feel when the, uh, the atmosphere in the room shifts, you can feel it. Mm -hmm. So it's about, um, just really letting your guard down and just being honest. And when you're your true self and you're honest, you have that connection with other people. I think people are so afraid of letting people in or afraid of being disappointed or afraid of being hurt. And I think that's why the walls go up. And I think that's why people get hurt. Yeah, because in some ways it's a leap of faith, right? You're placing a bet that if I put those walls down, if I trust the feeling, it's going to net me a positive outcome. And for some people, it's just like, I don't like the odds of that bet. It just doesn't feel like it's going to pay out at the end of the day. And, and in, a, in a weird or ironic or maybe obvious way, the only way you can overcome that is by doing it, right? You have to start to feel it and see it work, I feel like. And that's where the proof starts to come from. I mean, there's still a part of me that thinks that thinking through things helps. I think it helps to give more clarity and kind of remove things. It's probably as most things are, as you said before, a balance, right? Figuring out that right balance between the two. Yes. Um, because some people just are too logical in thinking about it. Maybe there are some people that feel too much and then they can't have clarity in that. And they're not sure which way to go I with agree. it. Right? I agree. It's all, it's all about balance. I agree. It's, yeah. it's finding that middle, that middle ground, because you do need to think logical enough so that you can support and take care of yourself and know right. when a situation is dangerous. But then you also need that intuition because if someone is spinning you a story where they have a little bit of truth and a lot of lie in there, like where they're not telling the truth, you need to be able to feel, is this right? Like, or, or are they misleading me? Like how many business deals have gone wrong because the intuition wasn't there to say, this person doesn't have my best and highest good. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, like, I like where we're ending here as we're coming towards the end, Shelly, because I think it's, again, it's circling back to the beginning, which is not a surprise of authenticity and it's 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 you you got to figure out the truth in some ways and i know the truth is a slippery term and it's you know who knows when we ever actually have it but the goal has to be to have the the clearest most true picture of yourself because in many ways it's so it's so logical back to that like otherwise you're guessing if you don't actually know who you are and what matters right. to you and what you value and what your feelings are telling you and all those different things then you're pretty much living life guessing or maybe worse yet what you said before you're actually, your life is being controlled by something you don't even realize, right? Because something's programmed you to act and to behave and to believe things. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're not trying to tap into all of this, then you only have part of the picture. And there's a chance you have no idea what your life's really about. Exactly. And it's really the having the courage to go within. That's a scary thing to do is to think of all of the things that you buried down because for years I did not want to go in there because I know I, I buried a lot of stuff and I was afraid of what was mm. in there. I forgot what I buried. And mm. so 
that's a very vulnerable place to bring all of that out in order to release yourself to say, oh, this is who I really am. And, and it can take a while to, to figure it out. And as you become your true self, people don't like it because they say you change, you're not the same. And the reason why you change is because you're no longer being that people pleaser or you're not doing things to um, in order to make them feel good. Because once you start changing, it rocks the boat for other people because then they start looking at themselves and they think, do I need to change? And so it becomes this chain reaction. And so a lot of times it's like Pandora's box. They'd rather you close it and live miserable so that they can feel good about themselves than you you know, shining your own light and figuring out who you are so that you can make the difference that you came here to make. Yeah, yeah, well said. And that's what makes it so hard. I mean, everything we've talked about in this conversation, there's so many competing, conflicting factors at play to do something which would seem so natural to just figure out who you are and what matters to you. But it's, and I, that's probably what makes it so hard too. There's too many people that think, well, that's easy. Of course I know myself. Of course I know who I am. Not appreciating all these things that, you know, we're talking about to some extent. Um, so that's why I think your value, I think, is, is spot on in that regard of why that's so important. And I think that the work you're doing and, and to, to be fair, right, everybody has their own path. Everybody has their own route. They're going to get there. Everybody, you know, thinks of things differently to some ways. But I think in many ways, just being true to who you are, that's that's the change of one. Right. Be the change you want to see in the world. And to your point, hopefully it catches on and goes from there. So Shelly, I enjoyed this a ton. I mean, it was really cool to get to learn about you, to get to learn about the work you do a little bit more because for a lot of people that might not be something they know a ton about. But for me, most excitedly, just to learn about how you think about the world and, and some of these different philosophical questions just gives me awesome food for thought and hopefully makes me have better perspective. So I appreciate it a ton. Thank you. I appreciate being on your show today. All right. Well, thanks, Shelly. I hope you have a good rest of the day. You too. Thank you. Yeah.